0: Today, we're watching Star Trek The Next Generation. After answering a Ferengi request to rendezvous, Picard is presented with a gift, his old starship, the Stargazer. But ghosts of past battles and mind control devices put Picard and the Enterprise
1: in the middle of a revenge plot. From November 14th, 1987, it's Season 1, Episode 8, The Battle, or Klingon. Bastard, you killed my son (laughs)
0: Your titles are so inside. (laughs) I'm Cam, that's Dan, and we are the Matt Generation.
1: definitely want to at some point organize a star trek open mic night that's uh much like the world pun olympics but it's all star trek puns and he called the pun far pun fair
0: (laughs) i'm into it i i will be there
1: i know you will you're gonna be emceeing it with me
0: (laughs) that's how we get our fame and fortune (laughs) by organizing the pun far pun fair
1: (laughs) Well, that might get us infamy and uh, financial ruin, but I don't think it's going to get us famous. Oh, I don't, don't know.
0: Punning <laughs> is truly appreciated now.
1: We're in the golden age of puns.
0: We are. We are indeed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can feel the glorious, the glorious sun raining down on the puns. <laughs> well,
1: that's just a rhyme. That's not a pun. Come on, Cameron. Oh, I know. God, get your I head in going, the game. I was
0: going to apologize.
1: Good. You owe me an apology.
0: <laughs> no, no.
1: Apologize. Ah! <laughs> 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 Fucking nice. There's my guy.
0: Okay. Well, <laughs> after that train wreck, let me do the thing. Uh, on 41723.9... Stardate, that is. (laughs) The Enterprise encounters a Ferengi vessel whose captain, Damon Bach, requests a meeting with Captain Picard. Picard is suffering from persistent headaches, which is terrifying in the 24th century, especially when Dr. Crusher is unable to determine the cause. Meanwhile, a second vessel approaches and is identified as a Federation Constellation-class starship. Side note: One of my favorite Starship designs that I have ever seen, and it's totally just a kit bash. but it's got four a cells. Woo! <laughs>
1: it's a quick I want to see bastard. one with like eight or like <laughs> sixteen. Nope. It's just like a ring of them, and then just like a tiny little command center inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: it's. It's pretty great. Uh, Bach transports to the bridge of the Enterprise and announces that the newly arrived starship is a gift for the hero of Maxia. Data reminds Picard that nine years earlier at Maxia, he was attacked by an unidentified aggressor, which he destroyed. Bach reveals that the ship in question was Ferengi. Bach's gift is identified as the USS Stargazer, Picard's former command, which Bach found derelict <laughs> and drifting as a hunk of sexy space metal. Picard explains that at Maxia, the crew was forced to abandon ship, despite winning the battle by an action that would become to known, that would become, ugh, oh, Jesus Christ, that would come to be known as the Picard Maneuver, a short warp jump that caused the enemy vessel's light-speed limited sensors to detect the stargazer in two places at once.
1: What? Right? We're getting a little taste of command prowess here. I know. It's like that's it's quite the helmsman maneuver, right?
0: Picard and an away team board the Stargazer, and he orders a chest of his belongings sent to the Enterprise. Hidden in the chest is an orb, apparently under Box control, that subjects Picard to a wave of pain. Dr. Crusher orders him back to the Enterprise. Data finds an entry in the Stargazer's log stating that the Ferengi were attacked under a flag of truce, but he and the Forge determine that the entry was faked. Wesley detects unusual signals from the Ferengi ship, which also match Picard's unusual wave, brainwave patterns, and suddenly the Enterprise computer informs Riker that Picard has returned to the Stargazer. Picard finds Bach waiting for him with another orb. Bach explains that his son was in command of the Ferengi vessel at Maxima, and that Bach is taking his revenge. He sets the orb down and leaves Picard on the Stargazer bridge. The orb lights up, and Picard suddenly believes he is once again at the Battle of Maxia, and the Enterprise is the attacker. On the Enterprise, Lieutenant Yar and Lieutenant Worf discover the orb brought over from the Stargazer in Picard's chest. That is, his chest of goodies, not his actual chest.
1: (laughs) they take it to riker
0: as the stargazer powers up its weapon systems riker hails the ferengi vessel and speaks to Kesago, who reveals that the orb is a banned device and promises to investigate riker subsequently hails the stargazer but picard continues to believe he is being attacked by the enterprise riker asks data to devise a countermeasure to the picard maneuver When Picard takes the Stargazer to warp, Data uses the Enterprise's tractor beam to seize the Stargazer and limit its field of fire. Riker tells Picard about the orb. Picard seems to understand and destroys it with his phaser. After a few moments, Picard hails the Enterprise and requests a transport. Kazago hails Riker to inform him that Bach has been relieved of command for engaging in this unprofitable venture. And so ends the battle. This, uh... This episode is full of canon goodies. And first of all, I mean, it's the first episode where you don't hate the Ferengi.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag not all Ferengi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're still squirming around so much. But not as badly. And I still don't get the oh, the whole white behind them. Like, do they just have a backdrop curtain they drop down when they, it's time to do visual communication? <laughs> Somebody get me the green screen.
0: <laughs> I, I I like your idea that the inside of the Ferengi ship looks like an Apple, the Apple store, <laughs> even though the out the exterior color of the of the vessel matches their skin tone. I think right. the inside is, like, an Apple store.
1: And it has nothing to do with their clothing or weapons Weapons aesthetic. They just, like, some designer got in there and was like, I think we can get a lot better feng shui in your space and just make it more usable and clean and enjoyable. But you have to go with my vision 100%, and it's all white. <laughs> if it doesn't spark joy, throw it away. <laughs> Launches Wesley into space. <laughs>
0: There's just one design firm in all of the Star Trek universe, and they just go around fixing things.
1: (laughs) Uh, Interstellar condo. (laughs) Yep. She's still alive, actually. Yes. (laughs) She's still finding joy. Yep. She's still finding joy. She's going to outlive us all. Oh, yeah. Tiny little witch of cleanliness. (laughs) She's an agent of order in a world of chaos. She's fighting a losing battle. She is. She is indeed. But yeah, I actually I
0: really enjoyed this episode. I mean, I always have. I love I fucking love the constellation class starship. I love its design. I love the rehash of the of the original Enterprise's bridge as a use for the new bridge. I love
1: Yeah, that was uh, one the of the sets from the movies, right? Mhm. Yeah. They had the little lap thingies, the things I hate so much.
0: <laughs> yep. Um, I love that, you know, it's just, it does so much for canon. I love the Picard maneuver. It's a brilliant maneuver. I love, Ugh, I just love so much, Dan. And I love a revenge plot. I'm always a sucker for a
1: revenge plot. Ah, well, when mine comes to flourish and you might not be such a fan. Yeah. You're not going to ask what I'm taking revenge for? <laughs> no. No. I'm not. It's fine. I in my memory,
0: well, in my memory, I don't know if I've done enough to you to, you know, deserve a revenge plot. But we can change that.
1: (laughs) It's revenge for being so handsome. Oh, it's devastating.
0: Well, then I should be revenging you.
1: Oh, stop, (laughs) Cameron. Justice was the last episode. Knock it off. (laughs)
0: <laughs> what else did you like there's just so many goodies that come to play in the future in this episode and in the universe so I just that's what I love and is when we any, get to them
1: is there anything I should be maybe paying attention to besides like the Picard maneuver constellation class ships uh, revenge plots cool the Ferengi <laughs> A lack of profit in something—I can yep. see that being that being a theme with them. That's like the easy out for them of like, no, nah, no, nah, there's no profit in it. We're done. Yep. No, How to not. get rid of a Ferengi? Remove any <laughs> profit from the situation.
0: <laughs> this is the nonprofit organization. Ugh! Ah! Oh! <laughs> ah. Ah. Ah.
1: They're Um, like, no, 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 we actually make millions of dollars and just don't pay taxes on it. It's great. (laughs) 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 Oh, human. (laughs)
0: human. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, also just as an inside bit of trivia, the Picard maneuver is later used by the cast to talk about. (laughs) Because in the future, the uniforms change. After the first season, they are no longer the jumpsuits. You know, it still looks similar, but it's two pieces. And so whenever whenever Patrick Stewart stands up, he tugs on his shirt a little bit, and that's what's Mm -hmm. called the Picard Maneuver. (laughs) (laughs) So we can have a Picard Maneuver count as well as a Shut Up, Wesley count.
1: Yay. I think this episode gave me... um more appreciation for picard now granted i want backstory on everyone but he's my captain i gotta you know i gotta see i gotta see his life i gotta know what he's about Mm -hmm. um and i i like digging into his past um i like the idea of headaches being rare in the future it was like oh yes please (laughs) right Um, Same. Oh, although I do get a lot less than I did when I was in college, so that's good. Um, well, I enjoyed go figure. Damon Bach um, being the most transparent villain ever. Oh yeah, I just found this ship and just thought I'd give it to you. It's new, uh, new, new era of peace between our people. You know, sign of friendship. And everyone's like, okay, let's just go over there <laughs> with the captain. I'd be like. Send a drone! That thing's gonna blow up. They did something to it. Have you like this is wily e. coyote level tactics. <laughs>
0: you were correct.
1: Oh man. Um but hearing about it, I'll I'll get more into that when I get about things that I I love. I I hate. Um The the Ferengi. The Ferengi were just Ferengiing the whole time. They were, they were they were pretty pretty ridiculous. But the Picard maneuver was awesome. Um, again, I got some more good old Riker smiles, which I do love. Um, <laughs> I liked the idea of Picard potentially being a war criminal, and having discrepancies in the logs. Yeah, it was pretty clear it was going to be a fake. But with him in his damaged mental state, not knowing what's real, it was it was an interesting adventure.
0: Yeah, very compelling. Yeah. I also forgot to mention that this is the first appearance of Wesley's rainbow jumpsuit, which I love.
1: That's iconic. It is iconic. So iconic, I thought I had seen it before, which I have in Star Trek memes and stuff, but I uh
0: <laughs> Yes, you have.
1: <laughs> I just didn't I I didn't think anything of it because I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen that thing a million times, but I haven't as I've been watching The Next Generation. Um yeah. I really appreciated the Picard and Beverly banter. Um, And I love that she calls him John Luke. No one else really calls him John Luke.
0: Yeah. Well, they have a history. Either that they were in a throuple together or that, you know, he's the
1: father of her son. Or both. Or both. (laughs) They don't really know who the dad is and they've agreed not to test and find out.
0: Well, I mean, if that's the case, he most likely left the throuple because he didn't want to be a father and make an ass of himself around children. And now he's being haunted with
1: it. <laughs> hey, Dad. I mean, Captain. I'm waiting for that one. I'm waiting for when he slips up and calls him Dad. Who told you? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I said, hey there. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> Jean-Luc.
1: Daddy. <laughs> mm, Jean-Luc. Daddy. <laughs> For everyone, am I right? <laughs> yep. Oh, absolutely. Um Yeah, I mean it, it was it, it moved forward at a good pace. It had uh it was a well structured episode. There are a lot of little things that bug the shit out of me, but overall, like your retelling of the story to me, I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, sounds like a sounds like a good episode. Um it was solid. I mean the Ferengi this
0: this episode did seal the Ferengi's fate of never being the adversary you know they they were like let's give it one more shot see how it goes <laughs> and they were still a little too wobbly and a little too cartoony and Rick Berman said nope never again so
1: wow was Rick Berman the showrunner or what he was ah. cool yeah who wrote this episode that's a good fucking question <laughs> Well then I know it wasn't
0: DC Fontana. <laughs> uh the story is by Larry Forrester, and the teleplay is by Herbert Wright. Our old friend
1: Herbert Wright. Ah, Herbert. That guy. That guy. <laughs> um no, I mean the Ferengi were less insufferable, and I think it's because we mostly dealt with them in viewer screen. If I'm gonna be honest, like they were physically in the same space as members of the crew exactly twice you had the initial gift and then when the revenge plot was brought to fruition yeah it was not um it was not too much you had just enough to make it palatable um but i also gotta say how the fuck did they fall for this i'm sorry i gotta get right into things that i hate How did anyone fall for this? You know, it's it's a certain amount of
0: naivete when you live in a utopia. You know, you don't expect the worst of people.
1: But they're a military vessel with a hostile force offering them a derelict ship that has been missing for years. Who's going to be like, yeah, and after Riker made such a big fucking deal about not letting the captain go on away missions... They just all beam over there. It was lunacy. It was such bad decision making to the point where I was watching. I was like, oh, well, they're going to do some long range scans. And then they'll send, they'll send somebody and they won't let Picard go, but they'll send somebody and they'll find something and only Picard can save them. So then he has to go and fix. No, he's just like, I want to see my old room. I still have a poster that's the, the, on the wall that I would like back. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Scarface. It's the poster to Scarface. It's really cool. I got it framed. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. I've missed I had it. it. I had it in my starfleet dormitory, along with well, beads on my door.
0: <laughs> while we're in um, somewhere in between love and hate, what did you think of this of the stargazer of the constellation class ship? Give oh, me your it was... impressions.
1: Uh, it was neat, um, and I liked having um, engines on four sides because uh, symmetrical engine design just makes more sense. Like yep. So.
0: That was a rule that Gene Roddenberry had, is it was only even numbers of nacelles. It's a weird
1: rule. Which, of course, was broken. Well, you know, because... We've all got our weird rules. Only even numbers of nacelles. All doctors have to be hot. (laughs) (laughs) DeForest Kelly goes, you're goddamn right. (laughs) Yes, he does. St- yeah, only even numbered of nacelles, but odd numbers of breasts. <laughs> yes, because that's uh, alien. <laughs> oh, Gene. Oh, Gene.
0: Yeah, I uh, know. I really loved it. Um, I, <laughs> I agree with you. the The decision making was very poor. I mean, it was. It was an easy enough way to get them involved and to bring the ship back. So I understand why they did it. And I was willing to suspend my belief enough, but you're right. It's a very silly plot point.
1: Especially when you add to the fact that Picard is not feeling his best self. He's stuttering. He's making like delayed and awkward decisions. Everyone knows he's not feeling well. And then he wants to go over into this ship that they really have no idea what's going on in.
0: And it's true they've scanned it but there's nothing strange happening.
1: Yeah, it just that that bothered the shit out of me. And Beverly should have stepped up. Dr. Crusher should have been like, "No, you don't get to go over there. Are you kidding me? You've got headaches. No, who gets headaches? Go lay down." <laughs> Which she did make him do eventually, but only after he went and, you know, got his lava lamp or whatever the hell else out of his old room. <laughs> I've got a 6 stereo in there. It's got an 8 disc changer. I think I still have uh, Weezer's Green album in there,
0: <laughs> and Dschwala's Opaline.
1: Oh, sweet! My tickets from that fish concert. <laughs> it's getting better. It's getting right. better. You see this phaser? Yeah, check it out. Lights it. <laughs> gurgle, 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 gurgle. <laughs> Just looks like a phaser. <laughs> hey, number one. <laughs> And sir Rucker's how old like, yeah. were you Were you in char- when you were in charge of this ship ah, I was like uh, I took a gap year <laughs> <laughs> you, you said it was nine years ago you're like 50 <laughs> no I have just aged very hard number one very very hard <laughs> my imaginary mother who I wanted to have tea with was 26 <laughs> <laughs> we live forever us Picards but we look like we've been through hell because we have. Like a walking mummy, number
0: one. Because we... <laughs> we... we grew up on a vineyard. I've been drinking since I was six months old.
1: <laughs> I was born with a bottle of vino in one hand and a pack of cigarettes in the other. And I just never stopped. <laughs> Menthols, number one. Menthols. <laughs> if you come back here with some Virginia Slims from The Replicator, I will backhand you out an airlock
0: (laughs) oh yeah picard is an endlessly fascinating character and it's really been fun for me to get to know him all over again it's been a long time time since i've watched i mean i watch the movies regularly and i watch next gen regularly but i very rarely started season one
1: well I can see why with this kind of decision making. Uh, and again and Wesley, god damn it, just hop on the cob. Wesley to bridge, picking up some weird scan in the distance. Don't don't come up there to see the Ferengi and pat yourself on the back. Oh hey, uh, you're about to get an alert. Or <laughs> to punch him in the face. Like clearly he's not ready for, for any sort of position. And yet... And yet, here we are. If he starts flying the goddamn ship. I know. I know. I've seen <laughs> pictures. I, I don't live under a rock. The The original series, there was a lot more for me to discover, but Next Gen is so permeated into our culture. There's just things you know about it, just inherently. Yep, <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah.
0: This is also one of the, uh, on the Blu-rays... There are bloopers, which are some of my favorite things, which you could find on YouTube. But my favorite is uh, <laughs> when Data is, goes into the bridge and sees the dedication plaque. He, in Jimmy Stewart's voice, goes, For God's sake, Mary,
1: I built this thing in Bedford Falls. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Oh, they are so funny together. They're the best. <laughs> I love that.
0: We have to that. we have so to go hard. to a con where all 9 of them are together because it's just remarkable.
1: Well, I'm sure some of them will guest star on the new Picard show. I mean, they have to. Of Fans will demand it. There will be a riot if they don't. Yes. A riot, I say. You're not you're not mistaken. Mhm.
0: Not wrong at all.
1: Although at this rate I won't see the Picard show for 20 years, so whatever. I think it's going to come out sooner than you think. I mean, I won't be caught up in Star Trek canon yet. Oh, you're right. You're right.
0: Well, we'll go back to our original timeline. And yeah. everything will be fine.
1: It'll be fine. It'll be
0: fine. It is so hard for me to not have you watch Discovery, Dan. Ah, oh, I hear. I hear tell. Because technically it's before. <laughs> I know. It's before yeah. this. It's before. It's before the canon that you know, that you've seen in its entirety. So it's just...
1: There, and there are no tips of the hat to Next Gen? It's all tips of the hat to... Oh, no. Oh, The original good. series. Good.
0: Well, then... And they're really good tips. Oof. But actually, I like there are, I mean, that's not true. There are some tips to Next Gen, but they're uh-huh. very subtle. Hmm.
1: Now, it looks like it takes place in the Abrams universe, but it doesn't. It's just got that no. aesthetic a little bit.
0: Well, it's just, you know, they're trying to update it to make it seem like it's actually futuristic. Because if they still had the...
1: The knobs and the dials and shit. Well, not only
0: the knobs and the dials, which they do carry on and pay nice homage to. But, you know, even if they did the <laughs> touchscreens of the next generation, it's not that futuristic. That's something that right. we have right now. Right.
1: So, so then, how far to... into the future are they gonna have to go with the Picard stuff? I mean, they're gonna have to like pull out all the stops
0: they are it's gonna have to be truly exemplary. I honestly wonder how much of it's gonna I don't think much of it's gonna take place in space mm. interesting.
1: He's commanding a restaurant <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's commanding his family vineyard, yeah <clears throat> because all his family's dead.
1: <laughs> you just make it into you just make it into like uh Bar rescue or undercover boss and it's just Picard at the vineyard in a mustache going around to employees. And how long has this been aging for? Interesting. How often do you rotate it? Sir, I I I, I know that that's you. What? No, I'm I'm Joe. I just started here today. I'm just asking you questions. I just want I'm to know Joe how things Luke. are done. <laughs> I'm Joe Luke. <laughs> Joe Luke? Yeah, like they call me Cool Hand Luke. I'm from Texas. <laughs> uh, obviously. Sure. <sighs> uh, I I think the reason we're talking so much about other things, Cameron, is because uh on some level I really enjoy this episode and on some level it just makes me mad because it's bad decision after bad decision and those dumb orbs look so silly when he's sitting there in the horseshoe crab ship, and he's just twisting the orb, and he's like, Yeah, 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 crack <laughs> it up, crack it up. It's just, it's just, you can feel his hands ringing in his head. He's just, Yes, yes. <laughs> now for you, human, Picard. <laughs> it's just, he it gets so,
0: it's, uh, it's just a little. It does much. have, you know, but it does have one of my favorite puns of all time. Which is just silly, but because it comes from a Ferengi.
1: As you humans say, I'm all ears. (laughs) I I booed at the screen. I was like, boo! Boo! (laughs) But it's so good. (laughs) I was like, man, they've got a pretty good universal translator if puns come through. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's real good.
0: But, I mean, I think that's a fairly good transition to quotes. Yeah. The android was mentioned, too. What is its price? We should like to purchase it. <laughs> Here's not for sale. Commander Data is, um, is, um, is secondhand merchandise, and you wouldn't want
1: him. I love, I love when Riker steps in with that. That's the best part <laughs> of that quote, secondhand <laughs> merchandise. <sighs> Where is Bach? I also...
0: Uh, yep yeah. <laughs> Removed from his command, sir, and placed under guard for his act of personal vengeance. Seem there is seems there is no profit in it.
1: In revenge there never is. Right. Except when there is. Except when there is <laughs> Sweet, sweet revenge. <laughs> ah, delicious, supple, ice cold revenge.
0: <laughs> it is a dish best served cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Klingon proverb.
1: <laughs> uh, I do, I do love seeing anytime somebody steps aboard a ship and says "Hello, old friend." It's like, come on, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I say that when I step into my office every day. Aw, I'm kidding. We're not, we're not old enough friends to say that.
1: You just hurt your <laughs> office's feelings. <laughs> Very strange, number one.
0: Like going back to the house you grew up in, but no one's home. Except phantoms of the past. Not now, phantom. Sorry. It's my one hit. What do you want from me?
1: Now I'm just imagining Picard singing Phantom, and it just makes me happy. (laughs) And listen to the music of the night, number one. (laughs) (laughs) No, sir, I don't think I will. Um... What are you doing here? (laughs) I thought I was the captain
0: of this starship. Of course you are, but I...
1: Thank you for that confirmation, Doctor. So sassy. My favorite between them was uh, when she says, something unusual has definitely been happening to you. Why do doctors always say the obvious as though it's a revelation? Why (laughs) do captains always act like they're immortal? (laughs) (laughs) So sassy, and I love it. And then somebody in the back goes, why don't you two just fuck already? (laughs) (laughs)
0: God damn it. How many seasons do we have to wait?
1: Seven? Seven.
0: I know the answer.
1: And oh, you man. Too. I, I know that there's a long tradition of Starfleet commanders ending up alone at the end of their tenure. But I kind of hope that when the Picard series kicks off, it's you know him and Beverly chilling in the villa.
0: Ugh, we have to, I cannot wait for you to see the end, because it's just so, ugh, God, Dan, Ah, ugh. ugh, ugh, I even can't wait for season two, although it's still a little rough. Season three, let's go with season three.
1: When do I meet the Borg? Soon. Oh, okay. Oh, I forgot my, my least favorite quote. When Wesley goes, you're welcome, ladies, <laughs> adults. And just crosses his arms, and he can just hear like a...
0: Adults, yep. Pandering, yep. pandering. You will injure yourself as you once injured me. Die well,
1: Captain. Uh Shouldn't have killed his son? Shouldn't have. Yeah, just don't ever kill anyone's son. Or daughter. Or postman. Or dog walker. Or sibling.
0: Eh. <laughs> no, I mean you can kill your own siblings, but other people oh, can okay. kill your siblings.
1: Now let's see here. If it's uh I guess that would just be fratricide or sororicide, right? Yes. Because it's it's patricide and matricide, fratricide, sororicide. Yeah. Or gender-neutral side. Yeah. Siblicide.
0: Siblicide.
1: Well, now that we've discussed murdering our families... Cameron, (laughs) how many... Correction. We discussed murdering your family, not mine. (laughs) I don't know. I'd sleep with one eye open tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, shit. Okay. What were you saying? Um... Cameron? Yes, Dan. How many glowing mind control orbs would you give this episode? Glowing mind control orbs. You know, three and a half. I would give
0: it three and a half glowing mind control orbs. Because of the stargazer, because of the future that this episode lets us have, and because of Mr. Pickard himself. Just killing it with the acting.
1: Yeah, yeah. How about you, Dan? Oh, probably three. If I'm honest. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I had some good moments, but it still pissed me right the fuck off with their bad <laughs> command decisions. It's fine. <laughs> they don't know how
0: to deal with headaches, Dan. No one has them anymore.
1: What is this pain inside my noggin? <laughs>
0: well he's obviously still fit for duty
1: he's not fit for duty no but they don't know (laughs) it's like beverly have you ever had a migraine because if you had you'd know that he needs to lie down and be excused from work okay yep yep that's true i'm sick of these female doctors not believing men about their pain (laughs) christ it's funny because it's the opposite of what happens in real life it's all the time.
0: The opposite of
1: I'm sick of, of a white man's reality. pain not being taken care of by female doctors. Uh. Happens every day. Uh. Oh, it's funny because it's the exact opposite of the real problem. Oh, yeah, God. and the real problem is horrifying. Absolutely, but Endlessly. we talked about it on a podcast, so now it's going to fix itself. Well, of course, so it don't work. that's that's fine. <laughs> That's how it always works. We just got to be super woke on a podcast. That's why Pod Save America stopped Trump from getting elected. Yeah, it sure did. <laughs> I'm just making enemies in all the wrong places. <laughs> eh.
0: Eh. You're in the city now. It's fine. Yeah, right. I'm the one that yes. has to watch my ass. <laughs> Except for the fans.
1: And that's who we there do like this for. S-
0: there are like six new fans in this area, and we love you. We appreciate you. Give a shout out to one. Councilman Corey Rodak. Thank you for listening.
1: Well thank you, Councilman. I apologize for all the times I <laughs> said fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have loved it, hated it, quoted it, and rated it, which only leaves one last thing to do. That's true, and that's for Mishweedy. Wow. Mishweedy. <laughs> that's for Mishweedy. <laughs> Good night, everyone. That's for my sweetie. That's for my, hey, my Sweetie. Come here, baby. Come here, my <laughs> sweetie. I love you. I love you, my sweetie. I'm gonna call Don't you. Just my just sweetie a now. <laughs> Don't just have a great
0: week. Don't just
1: have a great week.
0: Make it so and make
1: it better than I just did. Fuck! <laughs> Keep on trekking my sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I think uh, I think Jean Luc the alcoholic is here to stay. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Or his, grandpappy a, say, <laughs> his, his, his grandpappy was a his grandpappy was a moonshiner. <laughs> <laughs> his daddy was a was a uh, tobacco oh no. farmer.
1: I don't know.
0: No, a No, no, he he winemaker, sommelier.
1: Yes. And my grandmother just had, and my mother just had tea with people that's she all did. she did all the, that's the reason i could only remember that it actually became quite a problem you see she she just sat having tea for days we, diapers needed changing the house was a disaster she lost her job but all she did was have people over for tea it was she, she was clinically insane then we figured out a way to make it her job and everything was fine but yes yeah, so we had a lovely little tea room parlor on the on the vineyard and Ah, oh, she died screaming for someone to pass the biscuits. <laughs> she would make tea. She would make tea for people and then steal their money. <laughs> it was really quite a brilliant hustle. So we afforded Starfleet, <laughs> sir. Starfleet is is free to attend. You just have everything to is free. Pass the test. Yes. Well, when I die on a mountain of gold, what will you care what was for? What, what was free? That for, I'm sorry. I've had too much to drink. <laughs> Forget
0: I've said anything.
1: <laughs> yeah. A uh, little Pino Picard. <laughs> A Secret Weapon Production.